a good meal. I know you fool. <laughs> well, we're going to have our, our session, and this is um, talking about um, the theme, and I always forget it. And it talks about being on one accord in one place, the atmosphere for miracles. Amen. And, you know, the Lord was just, I always kind of wrestle with, you know, the theme and how that will relate. I usually pray about the, uh, preach and pray about the Holy Spirit, things of the Spirit. And I said, now, this is right up the Holy Spirit's alley, you know. Because how can you be on one accord in one place without the Holy Spirit? Amen. So why don't we go to Second Timothy. Hallelujah. And while you're doing that. I'll just just lay a little background. In Second Timothy, it talks about what's to come, the end times. And, of course, we know that, and, and we don't need to worry about it, but we do need to be informed. Amen. So we need God today more than ever before. We need to know him and, and his power, and we need to know him in all facets, in all of his magnificence, we really need to get to know God. We need him more because of gross darkness that's coming over. You see it every day. You know, you, you can't even turn on the TV for there's some kind of commercial that suggests something. And so we need to really press into God. We need his power. We need to seek him because darkness is seeking to overcome the world like never before. The shadows of um, oppression and wars, terrorism, witchcraft, and evil gets closer than it's ever been before. Amen. But God is with us. The Bible says he's with us as a mighty, terrible one. Amen. But we need to be enlightened and we need to stay in line with what God is doing. Hallelujah. So 2 Timothy 3.1. And it says, but know this, that in the last days, perilous times will come. Amen. And that word perilous means harsh, dangerous, painful, grievous times. All of that. According to the scriptures. So people will become lovers of self. It goes on to say in verse 2. Lovers of money, bolsters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient. To parents, unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving. You see it every time. Slanderers, without self-control, brutal, despisers of good. You know, today in these times they're calling what's good bad and what's bad good. Amen. You know, and if, if we, you know, if you give people truth, they say you're judging them. Amen. And so it's so hard to uh, relay God's um, word without stepping on somebody's toes. But you know what? The church just has to get bold. The church has to just say, I don't care. You, you know, you just have to take a stand and say, you know what? I'm going to speak truth. I'm going to stay with truth. Amen. Who's ever told you step on, just step on them. You have to. Because this is one thing about God's truth. It will prevail. Amen. When it's t- because, see, the word of God has always, already been t- tried and tested. And so God doesn't have to prove anything to anybody, but he can and he will. His word will stand forever. Amen. And so instead of compromising and trying to make sin a little bit okay, 
you know, and, you know, wanting to be liked by the world. We just have to take a bold stand for God. Amen. You just have to, there's a way. You know, I think the church is so disappointed, you know, that we lose uh, hope in God. There is a way to present truth without running people away. Amen. Amen. And that's preaching truth out of your heart, out of the love of God in your heart. Amen. You know, because there's still always the love of God. And we need, as a church, we need to walk in the love of God. And there's so many uh, people, I should say Christians, who have hardened, allowed uh, sin to harden their hearts. You you understand what I'm saying? And it's kind of easy to let it happen, but we have to stay with God, stay in the love of God, and allow ourselves to not lose our footing and stay sure-footed, if I can say that, so that we can present truth and present God's love in a way that we don't chase people away. There is a way because God has already ordained it. Amen. People are lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. And so, you know, people think, especially the world, they think God's mean. God's this. God's that. You know, there was someone that was putting uh, something on the Internet that said God's a girl. You know, just mean things like that. But see, we have to understand that we're living in the days of gross darkness, you know, where there's so many um, avenues to sin and to capture people in in wrongdoing. And, you know, it's seductive. The world is so seductive nowadays. But I know if you present God out of your heart, present Jesus out of your heart and the love of God and live and walk, walk in the spirit of God. Amen. We can present truth to people without uh, turning them away. But what I want to talk about is the church. The church will remain a light no matter how much gross darkness covers the world. You know, the Bible says, I think it's in um, Habakkuk 2, and it talks about the earth will be filled with the knowledge and the glory of the Lord as the water covers the sea. And so what we have to do is live out of truth and live out of the word of God and, and, you know, embrace what God is doing on the inside of us so that nothing comes out of us except God's word, God's knowledge. You know, that everything that comes out of us would be the heart, from the heart of God. Amen? And so we have to understand and remind ourselves and know that we're on the winning team. We're in the, God is not losing. Amen. He is not losing this battle. Amen. The, the battle is, is won already, and we have victory through Jesus Christ. And so we can win a, a, a dying world back to God. We can and we will because we must. Because we're all that God has. We're it. Amen. Amen. These Us believers who are called out, you know, peculiar people. I'm just not talking about people in this room. God has much people in the city. You know, he has people all over the world. But what I'm saying is his select people. You know, he's depending on us to get that word out and, and, and relay the message of, of the love of Jesus Christ without damaging, you know, the hearts of people. You know, when I first uh, heard about Jesus, it put, I was just full of joy. I had been going to church 
You know, I was Catholic, then I was Baptist. I had been through so many churches, and I, but I didn't know the love of God. And when I found out that God died for me, God told me one time, he says, if you had been the only one, if, if the whole world didn't exist and there was just you, he said, I still would have gone to that cross. Amen. And when he said, amen. And when he spoke that, that to me, love just flooded my heart. And I was so, you know, I never turned back. And that's been over 30 years ago, and I never turned back. Hallelujah. Praise God. I've seen God do so much in my life with my family and, and finances. You know, he gave my husband raise after raise just because I, you know, served him and obeyed him. What an a awesome dividend, amen, for what I sowed into the kingdom, which was not very much. I just gave him my heart. And it was just so rewarding, and it's still paying off in dividends. <laughs> so you can't go wrong in the kingdom. You know, it's just so awesome. But the light, the church will become a light. And I'm talking about the end time church. And it's a transforming light. It's a light that dispels darkness. Amen. And it draws men to Christ. You know, and this is what we are. We're like magnets that draw people to Christ. Amen. And it, it's because of our hearts, what's in your heart, you know, and what we display to the world. Jesus instructed the church to become endued with power from on high. And that's in Acts 1, if you want to turn there. Hallelujah. Maybe I should turn to Acts 1, verse 4. Hallelujah. It says, And being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, You have heard from me. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Therefore, when they had come together, they asked him, saying, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to, the, to Israel? Let's drop down to eight. It says, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Amen. So... This promise was a promise of the infilling of the Holy Spirit once he came. Amen. And I believe this, this promise is what keeps us on one accord. You know, this promise is what makes people of like faith uh, and one heart, one mind, and one body. Amen. This promise that Jesus would fill your heart. You know, there's, see, this is the thing that we need to dis- display to, to the world, I think. People think that salvation is all there is. But there is another part of salvation, or I would call it step two, and that's the infilling of the Holy Spirit with fire. Amen. And so I believe that those 120 people that were in the upper room, 
they the the uh, they were instructed to wait until just wait until <laughs> and they did <laughs> and you know what I believe this was harmony leading to action because when you wait and when you obey God and you receive what he has when he see our hearts it's just like when we have praise and worship and then there's that silence and then everybody's hearts and minds are on one accord the glory falls and that's what happened in that room to that 120 people in the upper room they waited in 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 expectation they waited in anticipation that something would happen and something did happen. See, God never disappoints. He won't disappoint you. You know, when you follow instructions and you do what you're told to do, God will never disappoint. And so the promise came just like it was promised to that 120 people. And it's also promised to me and you. And so I guess what I'm saying is that we shouldn't let people feel comfortable that salvation is the only thing. You know, there's a step two to, to the process uh, of living in sheer victory. And so if we want to have victory, we want our, our families and our loved ones to have victory, they need to be introduced to step two. I know when I was in a, a traditional church, the pastor thought that when people prayed in the spirit that it was the devil. See, people are ignorant of what, you know, God has for them. They're afraid of what they don't know. And I think if more believers would step out and be bold, amen, and let people know, no, that's not all. I, I went around, I, let me just tell you right quick how I received. Not the process, but how I got there. I just wanted more. I wanted more. And I, had, I think I had gone as far as I could go in tradition. And I had a good life, you know, I had, you know, the basic needs. But on the inside, I was so dry. Have you ever been like that? And I just knew. And I went around asking people, is this all there is? I didn't know any better. And I went and I asked my, my uh, pastor's wife, I said, is this all there is? And she says, well, what do you mean? I said, I just feel like I need more. And she says, well, no. She says, if you get too perfect, God will just take you like he did Enoch. And I said, oh, I don't want that. You know, <laughs> I have three children. I don't want to go in here. Got a husband. I want, you know, and so, but and I, that, that was okay for a couple of months. But then I still wanted more, and I knew that there was more. So I asked my mother-in-law, because I had led her to the Lord of uh, two or three years prior, and I said, is this all there is? Now, I led her to the Lord, but I'm asking her. And I was that desperate. And she says, well, you just live a good life and live for God, and then when you get old, you die. And I knew that was not right. And I knew <laughs> that's what I get for asking her. And so I, I just went on this quest for more. And I started to ask the person that I should have asked before. But I didn't know I could have a relationship with the Lord. And so one day I was just praying as best I knew how. And I, I said, God, there's got to be more. I said, if you could give me more, then I'll do what you want me to do. I'll live for you because I was just wanted to do something for God. It wasn't a, a, an anxious, fleshly thing. It was a dryness on the inside. And I knew that I had to figure out life and 
do it in a way that it included God and my family. And so I continue to say, God, I want more. I want more. And I wind up going to a Women's Aglow meeting with my sister Barb, and I got filled with the Spirit. Amen. Hallelujah. And when I was filled with the Spirit, that was it. I, I didn't go back to the traditional church. I mean, I just went, God just put me, and I learned how to work with the Holy Spirit because he strategically put me where I wanted. He moved me where I lived. He said, I'm going to move you. That's all he said. That's all I heard. And so then he moved my church. He cut my, made my car stall, cut my car off right in the middle of an intersection, right in front of the church that I was supposed to be going to. And, of course, when we came out of the service, it started right up. So <laughs> he made it so easy for me. When he told me he was going to move my home, he gave me a dream of the street sign that I was supposed to live on. And I was driving one day, and I looked up. This, the light caught me. I was going to run that light. I'm just being honest with y'all. And something said, you better stop at this light. And I said, oh. and I stopped, and I looked up, and there was the street sign that I had dreamed about. And so God can get you where you need to be. All you need to do is yield to him. Amen? Hallelujah. Now, if a mere Baptist can do that, I know us spirit-filled people can obey God and get where you need to be. Amen. So he moved me, and he started speaking to me in that way. And when he, I asked him for more, he, immediately he started. I started having Bible study in my home and, you know, going to different Bible studies. And I just happened to be off on my job. Not going to go into that. And Pastor Bart was off. And so she says, you want to go with me to this Bible study? I said, yeah. And then that's how it started. And we start, And I started to host the Bible study after that. And the anointing was in my house, and we laid hands on everybody, and they got baptized in the Holy Spirit. And I said, that works. So I started laying hands on my kids. I didn't lay hands on my husband. I knew better. <laughs> That's a whole other story. But all of my children, you know, they were, the boys were teenagers at the time. My daughter was 11, and they all prayed in tongues immediately. And it, and it just changed the whole dynamic of my family. It changed everything in my life. And I don't understand how people can live fragmented without the Holy Spirit. But the Holy Spirit puts you on one accord, you know, in one place. And this is how the glory falls. Amen. The glory will fall. Hallelujah. It has to fall because it's, it's so much purity, you know, and love and, and God's um, aroma, his essence, fills the place. That's what happened in the, in the upper room with the 120 people. And so things had to happen because they were obeying instruction to wait until, you know, and then the Holy Spirit came in like a mighty rushing wind. And things start to happen. Amen. And this is how God changed lives. It changed mine. All you have to do is have a desire for more. You know, how many of you feel like you're just tired of where you are? You know something has to change. That's where, and it, and it will. Amen. And see, that's having a heart for more. Sometimes the devil will tell you something different. But I'm telling you, when you want your life to change, that's a hunger for God. Amen. That's a hunger for God. Because somehow on the inside of our hearts, we know that something has to change and it can't be something that mere natural man or natural circumstances is in charge of. We need some supernatural 
change or something supernatural to hit us so that change has to come. And so to me, in my experience, that's a cry out for more of God, you know, more of the supernatural so that you can um, enjoy life more and not have to make so many, um, not that we we make um, mistakes, but life is easier. You know, where you make the right choices and it's not a, a headbanger. You know how you used to not know, I don't know what to do, you know. But when you, when you have, when you flow with God and when you have the heart for God and God is in, in control and he's in the, the front seat, not the rear seat, but the front seat in your life, life is just so much easier. Amen? And so I, I was just that way. I just wanted more of God. So let's, we're in Acts uh, 1. Can we flip over to Acts 2, verse 1? I'm just going to read it out. Although we've talked about it, Acts 2, 1, it says, And when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place, expecting and anticipating. Amen. And when you expect more from God, when you anticipate that something good is going to happen and that all is not lost, do you know God will take you up on that? When you cry out to him and when you expect him to come, amen, things happen because they have to happen. Verse 2 says, and suddenly there was a, a sound from heaven as a rushing mighty wind and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. And then, and then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire, and, and one sat upon each of them. See, so the Holy Spirit came and descended upon each and every person that was there because that hunger was there. There was nobody there that was a witch that was calling herself praying on somebody she didn't dare come in there amen (laughs) in fact i think that fire and that wind was so strong it probably blew every witch out of the city amen (laughs) and the holy spirit came and rested on each person and it says that it filled that house where they were sitting Verse 3 says, Then there appeared to them of divided tongues. I did that one. Verse 4, And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Holy Spirit gave them utterance. So, you know, this is where they spoke in other language, unknown languages, you know, languages of uh, far lands. And they, uh, someone in another language probably understood it. Um, someone in that probably understood it. And this is uh, how, how God brings people up together on one accord. Although there was probably diversity of tongues in there, different people from different places, they were all on one accord, understanding one another, one body, one mind. And see, that's when the glory falls. We saw that happen, what day was that, Nola? Um, Wednesday, the first night? Thursday, the first night. And we saw that happen. It was, I would never forget it. It was so different, yet it was so familiar. Amen. And the glory fell. And Pastor Barb didn't even have to lay hands on anybody. She just walked by. And when she walked by, the glory, the glory, the glory. Amen. And it's so awesome to see God work in these different, new and different uh, ways. See, if we don't box him in and limit him, he'll come out and he'll do 
uh, unusual things. I tell you, I'm living in the, in the age and the day now because, you know, we have the book about Amos 9.13 and we're believing for everything uh, that uh, Tim Hill mentioned in the book. But you know what? I think it's part of Amos 9.13 season, the season of favor, accelerated favor, is believing in the uncommon and expecting the uncommon and not expecting things to go the way they used to go. You know, start expecting things to go a different way. It's like, God, have your way. However you get this done, I'm going to take you out of this box. And as long as I get where my goal is, I don't care how you do it. You know, we put too many stipulations on God. Well, God, I want my husband saved, but I don't want him to do this or this. Leave him alone and let God work on him. You know, my, my prayer is, God, have anybody you want touch him. Amen. I don't care how to get, you know, pull a gun on him. I don't care, but make him, you know, you know. See, we want to control things too much. We have to let things go. Let go and let God. You know, that's not just a saying. I believe that's a mandate. That's an instruction. Amen. Let him do what he wants to do. Amen. Let him receive however it pleases God. And so it's what's in your heart. It's in the hearts of the believers. It's in, um, you know, the, the brother and sisterhood of people who are touching elbows in the body of Christ and having the same heart that brings down the glory of God. And miracles happen. Amen. This is how it's done. And this, this is why. And see, that's, that's, it's in the Bible, but I believe that this has happened many times, you know, uh, what happened in the upper room. Because it happened Thursday here, and it can happen every day in church, every Sunday. It can happen. Amen. So, you know, we need to learn how to walk in the spirit and not the flesh, not let fleshly things, because it's going to try, you know, because some people are so immature that they don't understand how to allow um, themselves to just mellow out and just serve God with gladness. But there's so many distractions that they will try to come and visit you because people just some people just don't know any better. And so we need to uh, learn how to just flow and walk and, and stay with the spirit. Y'all understand what I'm saying? And let the fleshly realm go because I'm telling you, it's some mean, evil demons on this earth nowadays. And we need to keep our attention focused on the things of God. Amen? All right. So let's go to, oh, I already, um, I'm just going to read it, Habakkuk 2, 4, 14. I already mentioned that the earth will be filled with the knowledge and the glory of, of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. And see, this is why no matter what we see, all of these bad things on the news, you have to know, you have to stay with the Spirit and know that God has a plan. Amen. And we are all part of that plan. No more will we be known as the persecuted church. We're not the persecuted church, not, even, not anymore. We're a body of, of, of believers who have boldness, who have power, who have authority. And this is not something we just say. We operate in it every day. Amen? We are no longer persecuted. We're not weak people. We are strong. Amen? We are strong in Christ Jesus. He's anointed us and given us power. And we need to learn how to operate in it. 
and not be so afraid, you know, to, to, you know, we, you know, like we have to tiptoe around. Those days are over. We have to fight tooth and nail because that's what the devil does. Amen. He doesn't have any problem killing little babies in the cancer center. You know what I'm saying? He doesn't have any, you know, they slaughter babies by the bunches uh, in the uh, abortion clinic. And yet we want to tiptoe around. I don't think so. Those days are gone. Amen. We need to take a bold stand against the devil. A bold stand. Amen. Because we are no longer a persecuted people. But we are a, a peculiar people. And the devil shouldn't be able to fear us out. Amen. We need to keep him on the edge of his seat for a change. Hallelujah. But the power and the glory of God is going to come in and hit gross darkness. And the light will scatter the darkness. And we are the light. Amen. We are the light. We're the light of the world, the salt of the earth. And the devil is under our feet. We're not under his. But if we sit up and keep just talking about how bad things are and never take authority over anything, we'll never see any change. Amen. And so believers are always desperate. We're not a desperate people. Amen. Hallelujah. See, this is the devil. He always makes things look bad because he wants to stop the advancement of the kingdom of God. And he knows if he can get in your head. He'll, he'll just wear the kingdom down, and, you know, until we, we're persecuted, we're, we're wounded, we're hurt, we're afraid. We're, that's not who we are. Amen? We're a bold, bold as lions. What about that? Amen? Hallelujah. You know, we have the word of the Lord on the inside of us. We have richness in glory. You know, all of these things are on the inside of us, and we need to not be afraid to share them with people and to live live like it, you know, and not live, um, you know, live a, the downside of life. Amen. And stop trying to, you know, we, we want to be in control of everything, and then we want to be in control of people. You know, we just need, you know, God told me this when he brought me out of the traditional church, and I felt so free. He told me, he said, carry your own corner. Always carry your corner. And I didn't know at first what he meant, and I asked him, and he says, Don't ever try to step over the boundaries that I give you. Work what I'm telling you to work. And let somebody else do what they're supposed to do. But don't cross the line. He says, Stay within your boundaries because there's enough work that I'm giving you for everybody to be, you know, everybody needs to do what they're supposed to do. But some people are assigned over here and they want to be way over here because they, that person's job looks better, you know. But if we all work our assignment, but you know, you get people leaving their assignment every day. They get tired. You're bored because you're not attending what you're supposed to do. Amen. I'm never bored. I'm busy all the time. Amen. Because I'm working my assignment. Amen. When you do what God has assigned you to do, you never get bored because he keeps us busy. Amen. And my life is getting busier the older I get. Amen. (laughs) So the devil wants to stop the advancement of the kingdom, but no more. The church is no longer asleep. You know, there's a scripture where it says, wake up, you sleep in church. Well, we're awake. Amen. Sorry it took so long, Lord, but we're awake now. And we're going to show forth the praises of him that sent us. Amen. We're going to do the work of the ministry. Amen. And that's spreading the word of Jesus Christ. 
and we're not going to manhandle people and rough them up like gangsters, but we're not taking any stuff. Amen. We're not taking any stuff because we're not a weak people. You know, the world thinks Christians are crazy and weak. I know they do because I've dealt with a lot of people in the world, and they think we're crazy and weak and because this is what they see. Amen. But we're powerful. We're smart. Amen. We have authority. Amen. We, we have the power to bind and loose. We have something they don't have. We have a lot of things they don't have. Amen. But, but we can display these things in love. We can do it. But, but you know, we're, we're busy trying to orchestrate everything. God's already worked this out. He already wrote the book. The book has been written. All we need to do is follow instructions. Amen. Hallelujah. It's like Pastor Waller was talking last night about the widow woman. And uh, Elisha told her, go and borrow some vessels. You know, what at first he said, what do you have in your house? And then when she said, I have nothing. I'm just poor and weak, you know, and I have nothing. And she, you know, when he threw a question out there and she thought about it, she says, oh, I have some oil. Amen. A rich commodity in that time. So she had all that she needed for a miracle. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And we're no longer broken vessels. We're vessels of honor, vessels of glory, vessels that are full, you know, and ready to be poured out. Everyone here has a story. <laughs> Pastor Sexton, and he, and it was so rich yesterday because he, amen, and he was saying everyone has a story. Just tell a story. You know, tell what's on your heart. People understand what the things that you go through. You can relate to that. And you win souls so much more than uh, if we try to lay it out. We, look, it doesn't matter how people receive Christ as long as they receive him. Amen? As long as they receive him. And so we need to, um, you know, stop trying to control things and orchestrate and depend on the, that's God's job. Our job is to follow through with the words, you know, whatever, and not try to figure out what we say, but allow what's on the inside to flow out. Amen. And it's good stuff. We don't trust ourselves, but it's good stuff. Amen. Because it was good enough for us. It's good enough for you and me. And it'll be good enough for them. Amen. Hallelujah. So we can't lose hope because I believe this is how the church started to be persecuted. Well, the church has always been persecuted. But it's because we didn't have that hope in Christ. We lose hope because we're so used to living out of the natural and living out of natural circumstances instead of walking by faith, living by faith, loving by faith. Yeah, you can love by faith. You know, they don't have to love you back. You love by faith. Amen. (laughs) And that's the love of God. You know, the Bible says the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts. And and then when your heart is converted, you know, because of the love of God, then you can easily allow that fountain to flow. And it'll touch hearts. When it's pure, it's going to touch. When it's pure, it'll change. When it's pure, it'll do the job that it's supposed to do. Amen. But if we try to orchestrate everything and then we wonder, well, why didn't he get saved yet? You know, those kind of questions, they're going to come up. But, you know, it's like God just has a different format. 
He has that all on the time schedule. You just get over here and do the work for him while it is yet day. Amen. Do the assignment. Hallelujah. And so we're vessels of honor as we, and we seek his glory. We seek his strength like a deer pants for water. Our souls pant for God. See, if you don't really want God, you're going to have a problem. But, but you need to pray. You know, and you can pray, God, put that desire in my heart. You know, there was a period where I got dry, dry as a potato chip, I should say. You know, and I had to pray, God, fill me. I want that excitement. You ever said this, that when I first got born again, I want that excitement. I want to be that person again. I would go to the market and tell anybody, and I would spy them out. <laughs> and my daughter worked in the, in the market part-time. She was in high school. And she said, Mom, why are you always in here? She thought I was spying on her. Why are you always in here? And I said, I don't know. <laughs> you know. And I didn't know. God would tell me, get dressed, go to the market. And that's what I did. And I would always find somebody that needed to hear Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. So my assignment was the grocery store. Amen. And I did, and I was embarrassing my daughter, but that's just too bad. And I, I, I was trying not to go, but something would compel me to go, and I found out, that's, this is God, you know. And so, you know, God will teach you how to reach those people, because see, these people, the Lord of the harvest has already tendered their heart for the words that's going to come out of your mouth. Amen. But see, we're busy over here trying to force salvation on somebody whose heart's not ready. Y'all following me today? Amen. So that's why I keep saying follow the instructions. Because God's got everybody's day already, you know, printed in the book of life. And all we have to do is follow his, his order and follow what he's telling us to do. And we'll hit the mark every time. Amen. Um, to every time I would tell somebody, you know, I, I said, oh, boy, I don't want to talk to that lady. And she would, you know, the person that he would kind of zero in, she's looking mean and, you know, turning away. So I start following people. She trying to, and then when I would just say, I'm tired of following this lady. And so I would just walk up to her and I'd say, hey, God told me to tell you something. <laughs> God told me to tell you. know, she already knew. And she thought it was going to be something that she couldn't handle. But it was words that touched her heart and would help her. You know, and then she wound up telling me everything that she was going through. You know, oh, I'm having marriage, marriage problems. and da-da. Can I have your phone number? I want to say, no, because I'm tired. I've chased you through the market all day. I'm tired. <laughs> you can't have my number. <laughs> you know, I want a break. But, you know, God's already got this set up. He's got it set up. All we have to do is follow. I didn't know why I was in that market. I'd been in there twice that week. I didn't have any more money to spend on food, you know. But I knew, you know, you get used to it and you start to understand what God is doing. And I said, I'm going to minister to somebody. And I started liking it. I went from disliking it to liking it. And it was just so much fun because I knew God was using me. I knew he was working with me. And I knew he was preparing me for something that would hit my house. You know, some of the very things I was ministering to people to. But I I handled it because I had God. I had the Lord. And he was with me. And the important thing was I knew it. 
I knew he, you, you know, you ever got that, had that feeling you don't, you're not sure if God is with you? I knew he was with me, but he had to prove that to me, amen, and I had to trust him. I had to take it step by step, and I'm telling you, when I uh, realized this is pretty good, you know, and, it, it, and, and salvation, leading someone to the Lord and giving them a word in season, that's a feeling that nothing else, all the money in the world can't bring it. All the stuff can't bring it. There's no feeling in the world like a soul being saved. Amen. Through you. Hallelujah. So this, the church is no longer asleep. I feel the church is gaining momentum. Because you know how, you see how God is, is people are dropping out, you know, out of the race. But people are, get, God's gathering more people. And those are people who have the right mind, same mind, same heart. And he's gathering us, giving us more strength more power. He's given us uh, uh, a surety that he is with us. You know, we're seeing more miracles, you know, in a subtle way, but I, I believe it's going to get bigger and bigger. And, and you know, God is with the church. The church is, is a light, and that light is, is going to be brighter and brighter. It's going to shine brighter and brighter and brighter. And we're going to know, see right now, we're not sure how many are with us, but you know, you just, you're going to get to a place where we have to trust God. And the word of God says, those that are with us are more than those that are against us. Amen. And we're going to have to trust that. And God will put this on the inside of you that that knowing, you know, there's a knowing that you can walk in a knowing that when God does something, it's forever, it's for sure. And it'll work. And we'll have to start trusting that. Amen. That it's going to work. And then you'll get so bold, you start speaking to stuff. And then that's where I believe the church is now. Now, I'm I'm going to, what is that? Um, Decree a thing. And you hear people talking, I declare and I decree. But I'm not with that. I'm not down with that, y'all. But what I'm, I'm saying is God will put something on the inside of you. And you see it. You have a visual of it before you see it in the natural. Are y'all here today? It's like, um, who was that that had to, Thomas, God, Jesus told him, you believe because you saw. You know, but blessed are those that believe before they see. Amen. Because it has to be on the inside. So when you decree a thing, you're speaking from that vision and that hope that's on the inside of you, it's a little bit different. You see what I'm saying? And so when you see something on the inside of you, because it's in, written in your heart, then you speak it, then you decree it. That's a different thing because it happens. Amen? You see, you see a manifestation. You see it because you saw it first on the inside of you. And then when you speak and decree from what's on the inside of you, there's nothing left but the manifestation. Amen. And then if it doesn't, if you, you don't see it, if it doesn't show up in a certain length of time, we don't abandon it. It's just not time. Amen. But keep it, hide it in your heart. Hide it in your heart. Amen. And don't let go of that vision that God has given you. Because it's there and it will materialize. And you know why? Because it has to. And we need to start living like this. God, I have to get this. Because, see, that's faith. 
You know, you're not bossing God around because if you're in the right heart and in the right mind, this is just a decree that has to come to pass because he's written it in your heart. Amen. See, God puts these things in our heart. He puts it in us. Then we get scared. God don't want me to have it. He put it in your heart. <laughs> he gave us the vision. But we're, we're so critical because we're not sure. We're not sure because we need to, you know, get back on our faces. We, we used to call it suck carpet. Remember that, Miss Nola? And we'd get on our faces and cry out to the Lord. We'd lay prostrate before the Lord. And that was the, build, that was the foundation of this ministry 25 years ago. Amen? That stuff works. Amen? And if you haven't tried it, you need to try it because you get results. And so we would lay prostrate before the Lord, and we would cry out to him. And this is, this is how uh, Reverend Saxton had had to leave. This is how his ministry was built. Amen. Just out of pure um, love and desperation for God. There's nothing wrong with being desperate for God. But see, we get desperate for other things, but we need to be desperate for God like a deer pant for water. Amen. And so things happen, things start to happen when you're on one accord with, with the Holy Spirit, with God, and with other believers. Amen. So we need to seek God's face and seeking true intimacy with God. See, that's what's wrong with the church. Intimacy's gone. Amen. All this foolishness is on the TV. You know, the, the whatever they're, it's called, preacher's daughters. and It's just, it's terrible. Amen. It has nothing to do with God's plan for the church. (laughs) It has nothing to do with it. Amen. This is the devil's subtle way to come in and, you know, dismantle the church because he doesn't like the light. Amen. But we are the light. And this will work. Amen. Hallelujah. And the thing is we need to be transformed in our mind. Not just, you know, okay, Romans 12, 2 says to be not conformed to the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Well, we know that scripture. But do you know we need to be renewed in our minds, in our hearts, amen, hearts, minds, and renewed in our souls. Everything needs to be fixed. And God's a fixer. (laughs) He's going to fix these things, amen. Because it's much needed. Amen. He's going to transform us, mind, body, and spirit, and be strengthened. This is how we're strengthened by might. That scripture that says, strengthened by might in the inward man. This is how it happens. It happens by being transformed in your mind, in your heart, in your spirit. Let's go to Ephesians 3. Hallelujah. Ephesians 3. This is the best way to honor God, is relationship. You know, you hear these rappers and all the, on these shows, and everybody come up there. They've got, got tattoos and piercings, and I'm not against them if that's what you want to do. But they're giving honor to God. How? You understand what I'm saying? But they want to say giving honor to God. You give honor to God with your time. Because that's the, the, time we're, that's the thing that we want to give late, least. Amen. Money is second. <laughs> How about that? <laughs> but you give God honor with your time. Amen. 
So uh, Ephesians 3.19, I was almost forgetting where I was going. And it talks about your inward man and how it's strengthened by the might of God. Amen. But I want to go back up to verse 16. And it says that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man. So we're strengthened by might through God's spirit. See, everything is through him, by him, with him, for him. Not me, I, I got to do this. That's how you get worn out, doing it yourself. And, you know, we can get fooled into thinking, well, I'm dependent on God. Well, no, because you've taken it from him again, and we try to fix it ourselves. And so everything is done through his spirit. So I want to read it again because I like this scripture. That he would grant you according to the riches of his glory. According to the riches of his glory. You know what that means? You can have anything. It's limitless. It is limitless what God will do for you. It's limitless what he can do for you. You can ask him anything. You know, this, you know what God told me one time? I asked him, and I wasn't asking for myself, but I found that I could. And I do now. But I knew somebody that was trying to start a business, just a small business. They needed a lot of money. And like 10000 is a lot of money to some people. It's not to me anymore, but it used to be. And they asked me to pray for them, and I did. And these people seemed to always need money. And I didn't want to go to God on their behalf and get in trouble. I want to go to him on my behalf and get in trouble, not somebody else. So I said, God... I said, how much can people come to you and ask for money? You know what he said? He said, there's no limit. He said, you really think somebody can bankroll me? He said, as far as your imagination can go. Amen. As far as your imagination. He said, if you can imagine it, I can give it to you. Amen. As far as your He said, people can't bankroll me. He says, I want them to ask me for money. So I felt crazy because it's like 10000 is just a drop in the bucket. After God got done with me, he says, as far as your imagination can take you, that's as much as I can give you. Amen. <laughs> Nothing is too much. It's whatever you have a vision for in here. If it comes from God, he can give you anything you want. You want to start a business, he don't care. He'll give you the money. He'll create it. Amen. As far as you can imagine. As far as you can imagine. That's how much he'll give you. As far as you. That's a lot. Amen. As far as you can imagine. And so if you need to, to whatever it is, purchase a home or whatever it is, it's not too much for God to ask. And you don't have to be perfect to get it. All you have to do is be obedient. And repent when you mess up. And he's there for you to give you whatever it is that you need. As far as you can imagine. That's, that's deep. As far as you can imagine. Amen. You can't bankroll God. Because, he, in other words, what I'm not talking about stealing from him. But you can't ask for too much that he don't have it. He's got it. Amen. And he's got more. 
All you need to do is be bold enough to ask him and stay with it. Don't change. Well, you know, maybe that was too much. See, when it don't come in, well, maybe I, I need to ask for, for 500. No, you stand and you stay with what you asked him because he heard you the first time. And, you know, you see, we, we don't understand timing and we never will because, you know, a day is like a thousand years to God and a thousand years is like a day. It's not like that in the natural, so we won't understand time. But so we have to trust him in some things. And if it don't come tomorrow, you don't need it tomorrow. You know, it'll come when you need it. But don't give up on it. Y'all understand what I'm saying? Because God hears, he cares, and he loves us. Amen. I'm almost done. Let me go back to verse 17. It says that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith that you being rooted and grounded in love. See, this is the connection that we miss right here. Because when we know how much God loves us, we'll ask him anything. He says, decree a thing, ask me. Amen. And we're not afraid to ask him of things when we know he loves us. It's when we're not sure. And then we start getting pressy and pushy and we try to work it in the natural. And it don't work because we've given up on God. And so we need to stay with whatever you need from him. Stay with it until you get it. How long? Till you get it. Amen. And, and sometimes when we don't get it right away, it's because he wants to teach us a few things about our request. To make sure that we spend it in the right way. But I'm telling you, God is giving people money. He's getting people out of debt. He's doing all of these wonderful things. You know why? Because he wants to. And so when we start to understand that God wants us to have these things, he wants us to have dreams. He wants us to give us uh, ideas and witty inventions. He's with us. He's with the believer. He's not with the world. You know what I'm saying? In other words, he, he loves them. But what I'm saying, in business, he wants his Christian people to have businesses. Amen. He'd rather you have a business than a heathen. Amen. So he's with us. He wants us. Amen. He wants us to have businesses and these kind of things. But we get afraid. But God is with us. So let's see. It says that we be rooted and grounded in love. Verse 18 says, may, may be able to, so that we may be able to comprehend with, with all the saints what is the width and length and depth and height, you know, of his love. So in other words, we need to know. How will we, how will we not know? How will you ever know that God loves you enough to enter into business with you or whatever it is that you need? How else would you know if you don't test it and find out the length and the depth? And the height of his love toward you. Are y'all here today? Amen. Does that make sense? So you get it by, by asking and standing until you get it. Amen. That ye may, we may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width and length and depth and height. To know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge. So don't try to figure it out. Amen. That you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Hallelujah. I, I could just read that all day because it makes me, you know what I'm saying? The fullness of God. Hallelujah. 
the fullness of God. You know, the fullness of God is is no limit. It's um, you know, it's the it's nothing missing or broken. It's the depths of whatever it is that He has. His it's His Spirit. You know, he can, we, we need to try to get to that place where we receive the fullness. That's him in his entirety. And we want that on the inside of us. When we have that, we can do anything. There's nothing we can't do that's power and authority all mixed together with, um, I think, with opportunity. Amen. And just um, everything that you can imagine that works right and works good. Like a, a brand new well-oiled machine on the inside of us. That's the fullness of God if you will receive that. Amen. <laughs> Amen. So the glory, the glory of God is also the fullness of God. That's his glory. Amen. It's his best. That's the glory and the fullness of God. It's being transformed by renewing our minds and then being renewed day by day in the spirit, in your heart. Being transformed, amen, from a sinner to a saint, amen. And then once we reach that plateau, it's the saint that you, you, I'm just saying this, you grow your wings and then you soar, amen. The more you put into God, the more he gives you. And then you soar and you'll be one of those people that have total faith in God, total um you know, where you just depend on him and not man. You know how we'll go back to man, but you say, uh-uh, I'm sticking with God because I know he's going to come through for me. Amen. Total confidence. Total confidence. See, you can go from weak faith and no faith. You can go from no faith, weak faith, to total confidence in God. Why? Because you have the fullness of God on the inside of you. Because of that richness, that richness of, of his glory is on the inside of you. And it starts with that little light that's dim. And it, you know, and it gets better and better. You screw it in more and more and it gets brighter and brighter. You know, all, all you need is, is just more of him and more time. And, see, we don't want to release that time to God, but we have to, you, have, you put in time with anything that you care about. And, it, and you know, if it's just, it can be just um, spending five more minutes a day praying in, in tongues and talking to God on your way to work. You understand? Well, forgive him so he'll accept it. You know, it doesn't seem like much to us, but that's where I got to really know him. You know, it's in my car, listening to my CDs and talking to God. And I didn't realize that the, the, the ministry off of the, the CDs was getting on the inside of me. Amen. And this is where wisdom and knowledge, the more of him, the, the more of the fullness you receive. You've got wisdom, knowledge, revelation. All these things come from you spending time with God. Amen. You know, it's kind of like doing your research, but in a spiritual way. You know, getting to know this person that you're going to go into business with. Getting to know this person that you depend on. You know, getting to know this person that says that they love you. You know, and spending time with him so that, you know, you'll know that you are loved and that he won't let you down. And that's part of being transformed. You know, developing spiritual muscle where you're strong. You were weak, but you are strong now. Amen. And your body becomes strong. You know, because of um, the time that you spend with God. And then what comes out of your mouth, because you know him so much, and he loves you, you're sure of his love, is a fire. 
that comes out of your mouth that will quench darkness, quench sin, you know, and you're just one-on-one with God living the high life. Not the low life, but the high life. Amen. Are y'all here today? (laughs) Amen. I believe the end time church will have this power. This power and this glory of God. And it's there for every believer. And in fact, I believe this is the basic believer's, believer's ministry. is to have the fire, have the power and the glory of God. Amen. So Romans 12, 2 talks about being transformed by the renewing of your mind. But when you're renewed in your mind, that renewal will just take over your whole body, your whole self. And it's a wonderful thing to be able to walk in and you walk in, in that surety that you're not walking in a, a upright place to please man and to look good before man. But you're walking upright in a high place that pleases God because he put you there. Did I say that wrong? But you know what I'm saying. You walk high because God put you in that place. Amen. See, it's going to cost you to live a low life, the high cost of living low. But when you walk above circumstances, above situations, walk where God told you to walk, give him your time. Let him be your, your best friend. You know, just keep him before you. Keep his word before you. In other words, give God his time. Then you'll live the high life. Amen. You'll live the high life. Not that he loves you any more than he loved the sinner, but that you've invested. Whatever you invest in the kingdom will be returned to you. Amen. That's an investment. Amen. Hallelujah. It's never a wrong thing to invest in God because whatever you you invest, you get it back big time. Doesn't mean you have to walk around with a shawl. You know, and <laughs> you know I'm not talking about that. You know, and being holier than thou. Not talking about that, because you know what, what kind of people do that. People who are not real. Amen. But I'm talking about just giving him honor and glory and living for him because you love him so much. And he loves you. We love him because he loves us first. And we want to love him back. And we want to honor him. And we want to live for him. Amen. And we want to do his work. Hallelujah. You know, God is just, he's just wonderful. And, he's, and you can't, you can't uh, equate his wonder with a man's wonder, you know, or an individual. He's wonderful because he is God. He's wonder, wonderful because he is who he is and who he said he is. Amen. And so we just love him. And when you love him, you want to share him with everybody or you at least want everybody to have what you have. You know, you ever seen people say, I wish they could just come out of this poverty or come out of this low living, you know, and know that there's so much more, you know, that God wants to give them. And see, we have the power. When you have a relationship with God, you can pray them out, pray them out real quick. Amen. Minister to them because you care and because God causes us to care. Amen. So we're no longer the church who run who and here here and there looking for a trickle. Don't you just hate that? Looking for a drop here and a drop there. Trying to live off of that. Did y'all get that? I threw it but you didn't catch it. 
In other words, get in the church home. Amen. Get planted somewhere. And stop, you know what I'm saying. I mean, keep coming to the conference. I ain't talking about that. But what I'm saying is, you know how some people that's never planted, they go here and there and then, you know, looking for the right church. Ain't no right church. Amen. Just get somewhere. Obey God. Let him lead you. See, let God's spirit lead you where you're supposed to be and stay there and work until he tell you your work is up. Amen. But we're no longer the fragmented church that's looking for something, little trickle, little drop, just to, you know, tide us over for three more days. But we're a people who have been called out by God, who are going to obey him and expect him to come through for us. Amen. And we're going to do that because we have to do it because I'm telling you, the, the world is getting worse out there. And we have to be prepared to, to execute our authority and all these other gifts and anointings that God's given us. We can't execute it if we don't take a stand. You have to take a stand and live out of what God is doing. Amen. Hallelujah. So I'm almost done. But we're a new people, a new breed of people call the people of God and we're not a part of the world but we are the type that know that we need more and we know that we want more and we know that we will receive more from God amen hallelujah filled with more knowledge as the waters cover the sea we'll be filled with more knowledge we be we'll be filled with more power more authority You know, we'll be filled with the knowledge and the wisdom of God, more wisdom, more boldness. And I think that's all we need is is more boldness. But you have to come clean and and get the strength that we need from God. Amen. Who has, who is our strength and who has all the strength. Amen. And then we'll be people on one accord in one place. And then the miraculous will fall. Amen. So this is how. Amen. This is how we, get the, we see the miraculous. We see the miraculous by being on one accord, having the same mind. Amen. Having the same um, thought process. You ever met people, and it could be in a different city from where you live, and you're at a Christian function, and you start talking, and you say, boy, you know, we're, we're like, you feel like you've known them a long time and you're have because you have a kindred spirit then there's some that ain't <laughs> you know <laughs> but but those you know you do and you just know it because it's, that's because you're of the same breed you have you have the same thing on the inside of you the devil don't like that but you are a, a one mind and one spirit and both think about it when they all get together. Out of all the people, only 120 was in that upper room. Amen. So don't ever uh, doubt what God can do in small uh, crowds. Because I'm telling you, the power is still going to be there. God's still going to come. Amen. The witches may come, but they will, they'll go and get saved after one of your, your powerful meetings when the, the glory falls. Amen. But God wants to do so much through the church. God hasn't given up on the church. We give up on one another. But God has not given up on the church. The church is strong. Amen. This church is no longer weak and we're no longer a persecuted people. But the church is strong. And we're coming back. 
you know, like a well-oiled machine. And we're going to do the works of him that sent us while it is day. Amen. Because when night comes, no man can work. And so we're going to obey God. We're going to do what we're supposed to do. We're not going to fear. We don't fear the devil. The devil don't intimidate us. We ain't afraid. Amen. We're not afraid. We are not afraid. But we are strong. Amen. And we are bold as lions. And we're going to win this, this thing. And it's already won. But we're going to be a part of that. We're not going to sit up and let somebody else do it. We are, we're called to do it. This is us. Amen. Hallelujah. And we have victory. So I'm, I'm going to ask if there's anybody here that needs prayer. And I'm going to ask if you might need prayer to be stronger in what you already know. Or, uh, you know, prayer to just operate better. As a uh, born-again believer. You know, we know we have the power to bind and loose. We know we have victory. We know all these things. But are we living it? And so if you want to live more, I mean, it's up, you know, you can come if you want uh, prayer and get hands laid on. Also, if it does anybody here that does not pray in tongues in here. Anybody? Somebody turn somebody in. Everybody have a prayer language. Your proof is to say it. Pray in tongues. You don't say, well, I got one, but I don't do it today. You don't have one. So does anybody want to pray in tongues that don't pray in tongues? Anybody? Y'all don't want to tell on anybody? Nobody's going to tell. All right. Is, is there anybody that wants to, um, any prayer to be stronger and bolder in God? I mean, it's, I'm just asking. I don't want to leave without doing what God told me to do. Oh, well, I got all these lions up in here, all this boldness. We got one person. Little Howard, can we get some music on back there? And we're going to minister to, amen, hallelujah.